this is Ms. Mrs. Nelson here. I am going to continue the read aloud for the book that we started before school was kind of interrupted. So um, for those of you that in, are interested in still continuing, I'm going to do a different podcast for each chapter. So we are currently on chapter three, and this is Courage for Beginners by Karen Harrington. Just a reminder that so far we know that our character's name is Missy. Misty, I'm sorry, her name is Misty. And Misty is living in a house where her mom has social anxiety and doesn't leave. So we've been introduced to her and her family. We know that um, her mom doesn't go out, but her and um, I think her siblings do, they do go to school. And her dad has been trying to push her mom to get to go outside of the house, but it has not been successful. So here we go. This is chapter three. Here is a girl with long red hair, age 12 and two minutes, who wonders why the house is so quiet. Maybe they think I'm unprepared for their surprise. I'm not. I'm decidedly ready for it. I step into the hallway. The house is too quiet. No showers running, no Cheerios hitting the bowl, no TV news reports, broadcasting strife in a distant city, nothing. Even my dog Larry is silent as a log. And then, she doesn't even know what's about to happen. I hear the whispering, my little brown-haired sister Laura giggling. A conspiracy is afoot. I know what they are trying to do. Do they think they can trick me? Me? In our tiny, tiny house that's so small you can hear a dust bunny poop? This is probably all my dumb sister's idea. I grab a handful of marbles from my bookshelf and hop across the hall to her room. I pull up her bottom bedsheet and spread the marbles all over. Later, she'll think she's sleeping on rocks. Here is a girl about to turn the tables on her unsuspecting family. I get on my hands and knees and crawl toward the dining room art studio. My dog, Larry, sidles up to me and almost gives away my cover. Shoo, Larry. Then I peek into the kitchen. I spot them. Their backs are to me, and all in a huddle of, in, of intended surprise. They don't even know what's coming. They are expecting me to walk by the kitchen table. But there are two doors to the kitchen, and none of them is watching this door. That's a rookie move, not guarding both doors. Surprise, I yell. They spin around. Mama jumps and hollers and grabs the countertop. Oh my gosh, Misty. She puts her hand to her heart. Gotcha, I say, and then I fall over laughing. But now they are all smiling and happy as the paint color lemon yellow. I have to take a moment to really see what my eyes see. Wrapped presents, a tall chocolate cake with 12 candles, one for each year I haven't been anywhere else but here. Happy birthday, Misty, Dad says. 12, huh? Make a wish. 12 years from now, I will be in France. That is my wish. Poof. The candles are out, and my wish is a smoke signal to the universe. Mama hugs me. Then she pulls out something from behind the bread box. Now, it's not completely dry yet, she says. It's an oil painting, a really beautiful painting. Red poppies in a sea of yellow-green grass, a pale blue sky, a red-haired girl in white shorts with her hair trailing behind her. Carefree me in an unknown place, maybe France. Definitely France. Thanks, Mama, I said. The painted me has never looked so good. In real life, I wish I looked as good as this painting. The long red hair matches mine, the light blue eyes, the tiny freckles across my cheeks, all that is fine. 
What doesn't match is that the painted girl has a nice smile. The real me does not. The real me has a mile-wide gap between my two front teeth. The real me does not smile like this. Why would she? Dad presents me with a red kite, a book of jokes, and an IOU to fix the zigzag crack in my ceiling. Why didn't you just give me a roll of duct tape so I can fix it myself, I tease him. Hardy har, Misty. Hey, why don't you cats play poker in the jungle, he asked. Why, I ask. There's too many cheetahs. Get it? Like me, my dad has thick red hair and blue eyes and the love of a good joke. Open mine next, Laura says. So I do. A book of stories I'd begged for. There are lots of blanks, and you get to fill in some of the story ideas and change the direction of the plot. According to the back cover, within the pages, there are 267 story possibilities. I've tried to get the little brown-haired brat to pretend she's in a story, too. We could each write chapters, I said. We could invent magical lands or trips to the moon or being rock stars who sell Girl Scout cookies, I tell her. Here is a girl giving wonderful lyrics and a box of Thin Mints to the president. And Laura always says, no, tell me your stories, Misty. Laura. She's less of a do-it-yourself girl and more of a do-it-for-me kind of person. I don't think she was born with a very highly developed imagination. So I tell her my stories. Her favorite is about an eavesdropping owl. The owl leans in near the bedroom windows of little girls. He listens. He gathers bits of talk about Barbies who lost their heads. And when he tells his friends what he heard, they just say, who, who? And he has to gossip again. Laura applauds and laughs and then kicks me out of her bed. I'm tired now. Go back to your room, she says. Well, some listeners are ungrateful. Ungrateful listeners get marbles under their sheets. Aggie doodles for breakfast, Mama announces. She spreads out a nice iron tablecloth and sets up the kitchen table like we're in a fancy restaurant. Then she makes the most fabulous ham and cheese Aggie doodle in the history of Aggie doodles. Aggie doodle for the birthday girl, Mama says as she places the plate in front of me. And what about braces? This is the year for braces, right? I ask. There it is, the sharp glance between Mama and Dad. I know what I'm doing playing this trick. Even my dog Larry knows I will not be getting braces this year. Because even Larry knows there's only one adult here who drives. We'll discuss it, Dad says finally. How about you tell us a joke from your book, he asks. We will discuss it means that it will probably not be discussed anytime soon. I pick up my joke book. Why won't aliens eat clowns, I ask. I don't know. Why, says Dad. Because they taste funny. That's not a bad joke. After breakfast, I will text that joke to Annabelle Gomez. Annabelle Gomez is my one friend. I'm not still and quiet in front of him. I am myself. That is the end of chapter three.